Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy. We are talking about yarding on this Father's Day weekend. Absolutely, and I'm talking absolutely gorgeous weekend in our area. You couldn't ask for a better weekend. Okay, it's going to be 80 tomorrow. You could say, yes, I'd rather have 78. But nevertheless, in the uh, mid-70s, upper 70s today, sunny, and 80 degrees tomorrow, sunny, Clear tonight, 52. You couldn't ask for a better Father's Day weekend. If you're not getting out with Dad working in his yard or garden or helping him out out there, and you're working in your own, take this advantage of this great weekend to get things caught up. I know it's been really hot. We've had some rain showers and storms, uh, so probably a lot of yardening hasn't been taken care of. Um, but this will be a great weekend to get out to your local garden centers. Um, still good selections out there. I'll tell you what, uh, even in the edibles, it surprised me. I think a lot of growers made adjustments, so they've got edibles late into the uh, late spring and early summer season for planting yet. I just did some last week, some uh, tomatoes and some peppers in containers that uh, I'm giving away um, uh, for some friends of ours uh, this weekend, but still plenty of time to plant. So uh, keep those in mind as well. We're doing, As a matter of fact, we're doing some sweet potatoes in containers yet this week. It'll be a late crop, but uh, always is anyway, but uh, doing that as well. So still time to plant. Also, had Dr. Alan Armitage on in our last half hour. Don't forget, uh, we do uh, Danny Gleason puts all our podcasts together, and you can download those and listen to them uh, during the week or anytime you happen to be uh, wanting to listen about yardening. So uh, be sure and check those out on the iHeart app or our website. Uh, either way, uh, you will find those there. But I thought it was interesting. I asked him to give me, just off the top of your head, give me five um, perennials that are great pollinator magnets. June is perennial gardening month. Next week is pollinator awareness month. So to put the two together, give me some some of your t- just ones that really rip right off the top of your head. Number one, which is, I think was a perennial of the year last year, Calamenta. And and until I realized it was going to be the perennial of the year and grew one, I really had not grown one up to that point and was totally totally impressed. With the flower, it's a white flower. It looks like a cloud over this thing all summer long. And it's active all the time with pollinators. Calamintha. Calamintha. And on the same token, number five, you mentioned the nepotus, uh, which the uh, cat mints, not catnip, but cat mints, same way. Magnets. He mentioned all the different salvia, perennial salvias, all the different uh, uh, perennial echinaceas, uh, coreopsis. Which sometimes I think fly under the radar. We don't. We used to use Coryopsis a lot. Don't as much anymore. But it, uh, I think coming back, Jethro Tall, 
Coreopsis, still one of my favorites. Uh, I always like Jethro Tull. But uh, the flowers are what? They're like a flute. They're fluted. And the petals are. And they're really cool. But it's called uh, Jethro Tull. But such a great selection in Coreopsis as well. But Calamantha, Nepta, Salvia, Echinacea, Coreopsis it came right off the top of uh, his favorite five magnets for pollinators. So, again, it is Perennial Gardening Month. Get out to your local garden center, check out, and they're going to have lots of great perennials for you. Pollinator week next week, uh, so make sure you're combining both the uh, perennials that are great and perennials that are great for pollinators. And then if you add the next step to it, uh, work in those native perennials as well. Man, you are right on track. 800-823-8255. Tony in Cincinnati. Good morning. Good morning, Ron. Yes, sir. Hey, I have a couple of questions for you, and they're not so much gardening questions as they are. Well, what is it's a lawn question? Okay. And one if you can help me with. Sure. I have a, a yard, uh, older established yard, another Cape Cod style home, older established yard, where I had a boat parked in my backyard for several mm-hmm. years. And where it was parked, and I got rid of the boat, but where it was parked, a bunch of ground I- English ivy grew on the ground, mm-hmm. and and ended up a tree, and I was able to cut the vines out from around the tree and they, they've actually died on the tree but I, I put up all the roots as best i could all the vines out of this area and i want to plant grass and so my question is i got it pretty bare but there's just some roots in the ground right i mean this is pretty pretty bare but I, I you know i couldn't put them all up right and my question is do you think if i planted grass there that it would take and eventually cover those roots yard Will choke it, them out or will, it, will it choke it out? No. I mean, ivy will compete very well with grass. So, it, okay. and, and what you've done, what you've done so far is perfect, because that's what most people mm-hmm. don't want to hear. I need to get rid of the ivy. What's my best shot? First thing is physical removal. The more you can physically yeah. remove, the best shot you have. And then, what I always tell folks, give it about two or three weeks, it'll start to regrow what's left down there. Now mm-hmm. you can come back in with something like uh, kills all. Roundup and spot treat those weeds, those uh, new leaves as they just come up, and actually start to starve out the roots that are left down below. Now, if it's in an area where mm-hmm. you want to grow grass, different story because you wouldn't be able to do that. So you either kind of let it stay bare for a while until you make sure the ivy's dead, and maybe you don't do any seeding until you get into August or September, or mm-hmm. if you do that. And you see it start to come up, you're either going to have to go ahead and continue to hand pull it out of there or clip those off. And the, the whole goal is not let any leaves appear that can feed the root system that's still in the ground because we're going to starve those okay. roots to death. And in the meantime, be encouraging the grass to continue to fill in. But the grass is not going to choke out the ivy. It'll still, it'll still try to regrow. You just keep clipping off any of the ivy leaves that try to come up okay. and starve that to death all the while trying to encourage your grass to grow at the same time. Well, you know, right now there is no grass. It's pretty bald. I mean, it's, right. it's dirt, it's dirt well, I'm, and, I'm, and vines. I'm talking about, though, if you come back and put grass seed down, you know, and oh, try to get the, get the grass to grow. Now, if by chance you took that area and you raked it all out and you said it's mm-hmm. not that big of an area, I'm going to put sod down. And you uh, actually yeah, laid yeah. sod on top. That would be a different story. Mm-hmm. Now, ivy mm-hmm. could find its way up through those seams in the in the sod, but you'd be mm-hmm. less uh, less apt to see the ivy come up through the sod versus just the open mm-hmm. ground where it's grass. So you do have that other option as well. 
Okay, let me ask you one more, uh, a little, another question about that. Sure. I was thinking about maybe possibly tilling that area and being able to get more of the roots out if I tilled it up. Um, be, yeah, that, you, uh, you can. I, I don't know that you have to go through that extra work. I mean, you can. Yes, okay. you could take a, you know, you could take like a three pronged hoe. They're not very deep, and kind of hoe, mm-hmm. pull back, and see what you can pull out of the ground. When you till, you turn up a lot of weed seeds and other things as well, uh, and so now you start uh, dealing with the weed seed situation. So the less okay. you can work that soil, may may be better off for you. If you're going the grass seed route. So take a hoe, something like that, and rake through there and see what you can pull out by hand. And, again, you may still have a little bit sprout up here and there. Just clip those off. Don't let them develop. You'll starve the root to death. You should be good to go. Okay. Okay, one other question I have for you. Sure. Uh, Near the same area, I have an older tree. It's a pretty large. I think it's an oak tree. And I have a a root from that that has grown above ground. It was under a, a paver near a mm-hmm. pool and it's kind of pushed up the paver and I was considering cutting it and I'm just, you know, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Um, you know, just taking a, like a sawzall and, and cutting it, it, it's no longer than like maybe eight inches of root and right. cutting it up so I can put the paver back down flat cause I'm rolling over with my mower. Sure. And I just want to get your opinion about that. Would you, it, do you think that would harm? It's a, you know, it's not tree or? well. It's not a recommended practice. Let's say that. Okay, we we'd rather not do okay. that. Now there are situations where you have to do it, but you'd rather not if you can get by with it. How far away from the trunk of the tree is that? Is it's that about root? maybe eight feet? And eight, how big? Eight, how big eight, is this tree? If I had to guess, maybe maybe. Um, yeah. not seeing it and, and, and just what you're talking about, you know, you probably can cut that and you're right. Use a sawzall, make a clean cut as clean as you can, just like you were pruning mm-hmm. a branch up top. Um, you can make the clean cut, put the, put the stepper back in there, uh, and probably will not affect the tree. Um, you don't want to mm-hmm. do that as, you know, you try to shy away from that as best you can, but for a big tree like that. That one particular route to cut that off like that to put the stepper back down probably will be okay. All right, All right. but it's not—it's okay. something you try to shy away from if possible. In that case, you you probably will be okay. But again, don't—you don't want to do it on a regular basis. Let's put it that way. Right. No. It's okay. Yeah. It's been like that for several years, and uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I hit the one of the pavers the other day with the lawnmower. I'm like, yeah, yeah. something about that. Yep. Yeah. And usually, okay. again. You know, dig the soil out around it, use the sawzall, get a nice clean cut because that will seal mm-hmm. itself back over just like pruning a, a, the limb off the, the side of the tree. So it will seal itself back That's over. Ni- yeah, nice clean cut. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I think for a tree of that size, being it's an oak, you're probably in good shape. Okay. All right. That's all I have for you. I appreciate your time. All right, Tony. Good talking to you. Good luck with everything. We'll take a quick break. Coming up next, the Hort Lizard. Uh, see what she's up to. And then uh, we'll take more of your calls at 800-823-8255 here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Green thumb or not, Ron can help at 1-800-823-TALK. This is In the Garden with Ron Wilson.
From tomatoes and vegetables, roses and flowers, as well as acid-loving plants, Costa Maine Brands has all-natural soil for all your outdoor planting needs. Costa Maine's tomato and vegetable planting soil is uniquely crafted for plentiful and more flavorful vegetables. It contains compost, lobster meal, peat moss, and lime. It combines the perfect blend of ingredients to grow beautiful tomatoes and vegetables. Now, Costa Maine's rose and flower planting soil is blended for all rose varieties, flowering shrubs, annuals, and perennials. It's naturally lightweight and contains just the right nutritional balance to get your beautiful flowers off to a great start. Costa Maine's planting soil for acid-loving plants, it's made with premium ingredients that contains compost, peat moss, and aged bark. Now, Costa Maine's soils can be found at Birmingham Garden Center, Cleveland Heights, Dill's Greenhouse, Groveport, Demonier's Greenhouse, Columbus. Or visit CostaMaine.com to locate a retailer near you. Ever heard the name Onkers? I have and I use Onkers all the time. Hi, Ron Wilson here for UNKERS. That's Onkers. It's an all-purpose medicated rub for fast, warm, soothing relief from pain. Joint pain, arthritic pain, muscle soreness, neck pain, back pain, all kinds of aches and pains, even hemorrhoids. It's a proven all-natural formula that goes back to 1902. Check them out online, UNKERS.com. It's your medicine cabinet in a jar. Unkers, the all-natural formula that really works. So are you a clean freak? Do you vacuum and dust your home every day hoping it'll help you breathe better? Diane did, but she still had trouble breathing. All day and night, she used ozone sprays, even took Pertazone to help her breathe better, but nothing worked until she sprayed Mom's by Odor Exit on her drapes, couch, chairs, even boxes in the basement. That night was the first time she had a good night's sleep without wheezing. She was amazed. No more mold odors, mildew, smoke smells in her home. Visit OdorExit.com and get your moms today. Back to the gardening phone lines we shall go. We're going to talk with the Hort Lizard. Good morning. Good morning, Ronald. How you know, are you? I'm good. If Scott Beerline's listening to this right now, he's hugging his radio. You think so? I haven't well, I, seen Scott forever. I don't, I don't, think, I don't, I don't think so. I know so. Oh. Okay. Well, you know, well, Scott. Uh, you want me to describe what I'm wearing? <laughs> <laughs> so are we here or are we in Tennessee? Uh, I'm in Tennessee. I woke up and thought I was dreaming listening to that discussion you were having with the little man about his soil pH measurements. What would you think of that? Um, well, you know what? I don't really like the kind of meters that you just stick into the soil. Right. Uh, they depend on being just the right soil moisture to get a good uh, contact with the uh, with the probe. So, yeah, well, I, I mean, what he was talking about is the way you would do it. Usually, I mean, there's all kinds of methods out there, but usually you mix like one-to-one soil to, to distilled water. Don't use your tap water. Right. And then let it sit a little while and then take your pH measurement. So, because the distilled yeah. water would be at a neutral pH, right? Right. And, right. A, yeah. and your tap water you could know, be anywhere. It could be all over the place. Right. You know, if you, like where I lived in, in Ross, we had water from the aquifer. So we would tend to have higher alkalinity, higher pH than, uh, higher buffering pH than um, if you got Ohio River water or something like that. Right. So, well, you know what his issue was. He yeah. called a couple of weeks ago. Was that he had had his soil tested, and it came back with a general pH. And then he had bought, gone out and bought a couple of pH meters, and had gone around and tested it, and it, they were totally different. And he was getting totally yeah. different readings. And 
you know, it was like, well, then I'd go back and have the soil tested again and then make sure, you know, you, the meters are working right. And then come to find out after doing the research, like you said, mixing it with water so that you have the right amount right. of moisture gives you the the accurate or more accurate. Those meters can be a little bit off, but the more accurate pH meter which reading, which he did, which then started to look a little bit more like what the soil test kit came back you know, the soil kit came back as. So uh, it was just, it was right. concerning because it was so all over the board. Uh, so, yeah, he, so that's how we worked it out. And then as he's telling me that, Liz, I'm thinking, you know what? I, for some reason, I re, I forgot. I remember that, I guess from science class or something. I don't know because I don't, I never, I don't think I ever tested the pH of the soil at the nursery, but I, I, I somehow re, vaguely remembered having to mix it with water for some reason uh, to get that. So right. now we know. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's all it's all in your test method, you know, so he can't really compare his measurements to what they got unless he did the same method exactly. that they did. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if he, I don't know what kind of meter he had, but if he didn't, uh, he didn't calibrate it, you know, what, what was really getting, I was trying to follow what kind of alchemy he was doing to make rocks dissolve well (laughs) i i don't know what what he was i mean you know i mean i don't know what he was getting what he was i I don't think he meant dissolve but i don't know what he was getting in the water from the from the rock if if something was i i don't know maybe you said it looked like some minerals yeah right they just came out out of the rock yeah yeah but it was it was interesting I thought I was dreaming, you know, because I was just waking up. <laughs> you were dreaming. So I was dreaming. You now were I'm dreaming. watering. So uh, right, we're just having to water, 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 water down here. It's uh, I think my last rain was about ten days ago, and it came with a horrendous hailstorm that tore all my plants up. Great. So it's been a challenging year, you know. You wait for June to get here when you're a gardener. And and then Mother Nature serves you up a plate of. She's cloth. just trying. She's just trying to remind you who's in charge. That is true. And I'm definitely not in charge. And yet. we we always thought it was yeah. you, Liz. But then when Mother Nature steps nope. in, she says, "No, it's really Mother Nature." No. Yeah. Yeah. There's always next year, right? There is always next year. Now listen, and if we if we if we start to get people back into the studios again. We've got to get the three geeks back, tree geeks back together again. Obviously, you were one of them to get you back in here and uh, and uh, do our tree show in the fall. That would be fun. So you got to let that me know. Let me know when you're headed back up to Ohio from Tennessee. All right. Yeah, October is better because you know then I'm not watering. I don't have to worry so much about my plants. Then we'll plant so. it sometime in October. All right. All right. There we go. All right. Good talking good to deal. you. All right. And I'm glad you. I'm glad you woke up with, and we were in your dreams. Yeah, I. I you know what's funny is I get that all the time. I see folks out that say hey, we listen to you all the time, and then the, the every now and then the wife will say or a lady will say, "Oh yeah, I tell people I wake up with my yard boy every Saturday morning." So, oh, okay. Don't tell everybody that though. Uh, talking about yarding and Liz. Uh, Jacobs, who is the Hort Lizard, uh, was one of our tree geeks when we had her on our show. Uh, we used to have Scott and Ron Rothis, and we'd kind of mix it up a little bit and uh, have three people on talking about uh, trees in the fall. And it's all, those were always great shows. And obviously when COVID came around, guests in studios kind of went out the window as well. 
So uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring that back here yet uh, later on this summer or maybe in the fall as well. We'll get Liz back on the show with us. She knows her trees, trust me, as in all the tree geeks did. All right, quick break. We come back. Gary Sullivan with a little home improvement. And then Buggy Joe Boggs here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden and he's Ron Wilson. shrubs are hungry, feed them Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. Ron Wilson here. Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food is a specially formulated tree food that contains penetrating action, which actually moves the food directly to the feeder roots once you've applied it to around your trees and shrubs drip line, and that helps to eliminate the needs to drill holes. Now, Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food is a 19810 formula, that's 19810, with trace elements, and it's great for all types of trees, evergreens, flowering trees, tropicals, even citrus and palm trees. So pick up a 20-pound bag of Fertilone Tree and Shrub Food today, feed your trees and shrubs twice a year, and they're going to be really happy plants. Fertilone Tree and Shrub Food, along with other Fertilone products, can be found only at your favorite independent nursery or garden centers. That's Fertilone Tree and Shrub Food. Feed your plants today for healthier trees and shrubs tomorrow. Fertilone Tree and Shrub Food, only at your favorite independent nursery or in garden centers. Pick some up today. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Don't forget our website is ronwilsononline.com. Read his recipe just in time for Father's Day weekend. Uh, a great ribs recipe. Be sure and check it out. It's Mr. Heikenfeld's favorite ribs. So uh, you can see what Mr. Hike likes and uh, serve it to your dad Mine as now, well. too. And now Danny's, because he tried them this morning, obviously, because she always drops everything off for Dan, and we never get any of it. And Dan said now it's his favorite Well, you're well. in Columbus, so she couldn't drive a uh, fly up there. You wouldn't have given it to me anyway. So there you go. All right. It is time for the man, the myth, the legend, the most listened to home improvement show host in the entire solar system. His name is Gary Sullivan. His website is GarySullivanOnline.com. And Mr. Sullivan, happy Father's Day weekend. Well, happy Father's Day weekend to you, sir. How are you? I am great. Do we have big Father's Day weekend plans? Not too much, but yeah, a little bit. We'll have a good time, and the weather is tremendous. But I got a question for you before we go any further. Yes. Do you have a bloom in your tomato plant? Yes. That's the reason. What? Well, you're you're so perky and happy today. I I I just I can hardly stand it. I mean, you're so excited. I'm perky about and everything. happy every day. No, you're you're. I try to be perky. You are super happy and perky today. I, I, I'm said, a little. Wonder why Ron is so happy? And I thought he's got a bloom on his tomato plant. Yep. As a matter of fact, uh, several of them. As a I, matter of fact, there are a few tomatoes on there. I knew it. I yep. knew it. Yep. How about your tomato plants, Gary, and all the edibles that you grow? You know they look great. Do they? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. They look great. Wonderful. They look great. <laughs> Any blooms on your tomatoes? Oh, there's, there's. It look, <laughs> they look great, Ron. Uh, we were they talking about. Great. We were talking about you this morning. You were well, actually not you so much as we were Thanks. your robins picking off your white flowers of your petunias. <laughs> 
Monica Brubaker said to tell you that uh, they will they love doing that, uh, but sh- they actually went and picked hosta leaves from her really? hostas. And she said they're, the, the, the nest they build, and she said they like to do it right where the downspout turns. Right. They go right in that little joint there. They like those kinds of places. Mm-hmm. Had hosta leaves hanging out of the nest. Is that right? About, yeah. So well, they haven't. You know, that is another one of our our plants that we have. And I told you I got that uh, rabbit repellent. Right. Because they always they chewed his hostas to stand by oh, the time sure. those leaves are up. Bam. If the slugs don't get them, the rabbits hostas. don't get them. The deer get them. Yeah. Sorry. The hostas look great. We've had nothing. Um, no animals. No nothing. Good. Birds or anything. Good. Now we do have some foxes across the back of the yard. Oh, we just three little. Uh, They're fun to watch. Baby fox and mama fox, and saw those last Sunday afternoon around three o'clock. Now are those pups? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because when do they have their babies? Like May and June, right? Yeah, I think. I think. I haven't really done any research. I, they're nocturnal, are they not? Because these were out in the middle of the afternoon. You know, you still – I think you see them more and more during the daytime. I think they okay. do hunt more when the sun's going down early in the morning, whatever. Yeah, but, last Sunday wasn't too bad in temperature. We saw them about 3 in the afternoon, and they were they were little pups, and they were, they were playing, and, boy, they were healthy-looking and beautiful coats, and mama, mama was watching them closely. Any shoes go flying. <laughs> No, no, no. We enjoyed okay. the view. Oh, okay. So the fox are allowed. The fox apparently are okay. Okay. Rabbits and robins probably rabbits, not. Rabbits and robins out of here. And the, but and the hostesses are surviving. But that's good to know because I'll give Sue something to worry about. I'll tell her those hostesses are next. But her well, rubber snake that she put up on that ledge. That did work. It absolutely worked. Yeah. We haven't seen that robin since. She put it up that next morning and we haven't seen him since. There you go. I mean, it worked like right now. There you and go. There are petunias. I know everybody's probably in the front of their just seat, d- just wondering how they're doing. Yeah, they've all rebloomed. I was going to say they probably already have flowers showing sure, on them again. Sure, they, they've already, you know. So the pruning was well done, mm-hmm. and the um, the robin has vacated the premises. Hey, I got another question for you. While we're uh, talking about, can't you wildlife. see them right now, saying we deadheaded those those petunias for her and cleaned them up? And what does she do? She puts a snake on the ledge. That's right. Well, I, After all I, that what, work I'll we did for her, to her, I'll bring that up to her. And Ron, she 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 puts a snake on the ledge. That's a that's a really good point. Jeez, we keep her from doing any work, and pff, that's how we get repaid. Yeah. So you're kind of a bird brain kind of guy, right? Oh, I'm a bird brain, all right. And I know you know the answer to this. I hope. I know you know. I know you know. But there's more birds this year than last year. Really. You don't think so? Um, I don't know that I paid any attention. Okay. Well, so earlier this spring, about yes. two months ago, yes, we live a pretty exciting life. You, you know oh, that. Oh, yeah, right? always and, on the go. And, and so yes. we had this deep, intimate conversation. Mm-hmm. It went something like this. Gary, do you think there's a lot of birds this year? <laughs> well, Sue, I think that's a good question. I have noticed that there's a lot of chirping birds this year, more so than other years. Hmm. Hmm. And we asked several other people, a lot of birds this year. We had Mike Tarvin, Tarvin, you know, plumbing. Mm-hmm. We had them mm-hmm. over last night for a little dinner on the porch. And I, I said, you, Mike, 
Mike's a big outdoorsman. Jenny's a big outdoors gal. Mm-hmm. You notice there's more birds this year. Oh, yeah, gosh, I really have. And I said, well, I, 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 I think there is. And I've asked other people, but I think there is. So I went back in my memory box called a brain, mm-hmm. which is a challenge sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I remember last time we had cicadas having this conversation. That Interesting. There was, there was so much food source with the cicadas that their population went up. Now, I may be dreaming that, but I'm pretty sure you had a guest that talked about that. We may have. And uh, so anyway, I was just curious. and It was a serious question, actually. It was just curious if you have noticed more birds, but I certainly have. And maybe it's just our yard, our trees are getting more mature. I was going to say, you know, your, your neighborhood gets more mature every year. Sure. Sure. Better habitat for the birds. Right. And they've lost a lot of their habitat because there's a lot of construction on this road down about two miles. So I they think may that's have why we saw the there. fox. Yeah. And I think why we have more birds. But I wonder if it has anything to do to, with the cicada. So I'll let you and Buggy Joe I, sort that we'll out. Work, we'll work through that one. <laughs> Gary, are all those birds supposed to be out there? See, I'm telling you what, I feel like I'm living in the jungle this year. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you can like hear Like Dr. My, Doolittle. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start my own sanctuary. <laughs> have a little gate at the end of the driveway where we can charge $5. We'll have yeah. parking on the side of the house. I think it'd be cool. And that'd be for just your grand, your grandkids alone for the 5 bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah for like us, he'd charge 50 Yeah, no, we'd just be, 10 Yeah, we'd be 10 there was no grandkids to be spotted, though, after that storm blew through and I had leaves all over my yard. Man, was that something? Small that, that was a That was a heck of a storm. It just makes you appreciate what trees and shrubs and all can take and tolerate and twist and turn and bend and not fall over or break. Okay. It's so, amazing. I saw something I never saw before in that storm. What's that? That red bud that we planted down by... The end of the backyard. Right. I think it's probably three years old, and it was staked. And, you know, the trunk, it's not very big, but it was getting bigger. I thought after three years, I pulled the stake, and it, it's got a prevailing wind, and it did, it did well, and that storm came by. And the canopy of that tree was on the ground. Hmm. It was on the ground. And it it came it came back up, and the woman coming canopy be on the ground. So I know I got to do a little pruning on it. I'm going to restake it because it's crooked now, <laughs> and it's not crooked where the root ball was pulled would have been pulled up. It's crooked in the middle in the of the trunk, trunk where it's just kind of bent. And, and then keep that in mind when things start happening two or three years down the road. You think it's ruined? Well, no, but you never know. Should I get that? Once you, once you get that. Gary? No, that's all right. Are you supposed I'll, to? Well, okay. I'll, I'll leave. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yes. have, a great, have a great Father's Day weekend. Have fun talking about uh, home improvement. You do the same, Ron. Thanks. And I'll find out about those extra birds. Yeah, do that. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Coming up next, Buggy Joe Boggs here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson.
that worked for over 80 years, Dram Watering Tools has been the professional's choice for quality and durability. Now you can create the softest shower of rain with a Dram Rain One in your garden. Choose from nine water patterns for a variety of uses with their revolver spray gun. And use their color storm sprinkler for a lush playground. Quality you can depend on for a lifetime. Dram, the professional's choice for lawn and garden. Available at a fine garden center near you. Visit them online, dram.com. Captain's Log, Day 97, Searching for the Seeds of a Natural Pesticide. Hey there, I'm Captain Jack, ecologist and gardener. I was searching for a natural pesticide when it hit me. A neem seed. Neem seed oil is so effective at killing insects. It's the active ingredient in my Neem Max concentrate. And it's approved for organic gardening. Protect your oasis with Captain Jack's Neem Max from Bonide. Learn more at CaptainJacks.com. Welcome back here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. It's time for the Buggy Joe Boggs Report. That would be Joe Boggs from The Ohio State University, assistant professor, <laughs> commercial horticulture educator for The Ohio State University Extension, OSU Department of Entomology, poster boy for The OSU Extension, Hank Kimball of Hamilton County, nobody knows who that is, and co-creator of the Coffee Brown Mother Coffee Emporium, where every cup of Buggy Joe is bold as King Adore, yet smooth as Mothra's silky wings. I gave away a secret of yours this morning, Buggy Joe Boggs. Oh, what was that? Some, something with... I hope it doesn't have to do with law enforcement. No. I just said that, you know, Joe drinks a lot of coffee. Joe really likes his coffee. Yeah, that's true. Yes, it's true. But I said what Joe, most people don't know, is Joe likes a little pinch of chocolate in his coffee. I do. I do. And, and the funny story, as you very well know, way back in West Virginia, when I discovered that mix, and I, and, and that's how I felt about it because it was, <laughs> it was in college and I kind of didn't like coffee, right? It was, you know, I, I was, I, I had to I get have used to, try to that. drinking it. it. I'll tell you, I, I started putting chocolate in. Hey, this is really good. So fast forward. So I'm sitting, eating lunch with, <laughs> with, a with, a Dave Nielsen, Dr. Dave Nielsen, he's retired professor emeritus in entomology and we're eating lunch. And I told him about this discovery. And he said, well, Joe, you know, in Europe, they call that mocha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stole it. You they stole said, the what? idea from me. What? Are <laughs> you said, kidding what? me? <laughs> well, that was back in the, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, you start with, I mean, there were no coffee shops that served up things like, oh, there probably were, but at least I didn't know about them. And, of course, like I said, you know, living up a hollow, I, you know, I didn't get out much, you know. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of high winds. Were we really? <laughs> I don't. I don't I there's a people fell out of their chairs with that segue, didn't uh, that, they? That was like The Exorcist. My head went all the way around. <laughs> I got the whiplash. I uh, I, know I, I was, saw some high winds that I don't think I've seen in a long, long time. Two thousand. You know, this is this is incredible. Two thousand eight in our neck of the woods, Hurricane Ike. Right. I didn't realize it has been that long ago. Yeah, my wife and I, it hasn't been, it, it has not been since then that I actually, you know, that I said, I recommend that she get away from a window. It was that strong. And in 2008, you know, and it was fairly, uh, Hurricane Ike, of course, came up from the Gulf, but by, it, it, we, it was unexpected that we would have 80 plus mile an hour winds here in the greater Cincinnati area, right? So, it just came out of the blue. Uh, some 
some things converged that weren't predicted, but that's the last time that we experienced those types of winds. And uh, of course, number one, it didn't seem that long ago, right? I mean, <laughs> in 2008, it just seems like uh, number two was that, that I don't know if because we've had a number of high wind events, this, this event, I heard you say this earlier, it was amazing how many big trees did not go down. Right. It just yeah, I it, drove around. Oh, I did. Oh, I'm, I'm like you. As soon as it was over, of course, my, my mom's electric was out, so I went over and sat with her for a while, uh, and it mm-hmm. finally came back on. But uh, I drove to the nursery to make sure everything was okay, okay there. But I always get out and take a look and see, you know, what happened. I, I, I just, and I don't want to take up your time here, but I always look at that as a, and I, no, I know you do too, it's like almost like research. I go out and start, I start looking real quick at what absolutely. broke, what tree was it, what roots were yeah. not left on that tree when it came out of the ground? It didn't have any to start with. You know, the whole nine yards, I, I just look at all that stuff and just reconfirm what, you know, uh, you know what we talk about all the time as far as, you know, the issues are going on. But I'll tell you what, I, I was looking, I was standing by the front door watching this come down the street, and it has been, you're right, a long, long, long time since I've seen trees doing that. But it still amazes me how they can twist and turn and bend and lay over and and it's all said and done and have a few broken branches here and there and a few trees down, but not just totally wiped out. You know, that that's, that's an important point because when we talk, unfortunately, sometimes with what I do for a living, I focus too much on the disasters. You know, I focus, you know, I take pictures of, like you say, trees down and why they go down. Well, after you get finished looking, you know, at about 70 or 80 images of, of trees down, the conclusion might be, well, I don't want a big tree. Uh, or be around the big tree, but uh, it, but it they don't go down nearly as often, not nearly as often as as one might expect if they saw, like I said, a presentation that was focused on trees going down. But I'm like you, I uh, uh, I went out and about, drove around, took a pretty good you know circuit from from your neck of the woods over towards Mason because I was uh, you know hearing that there were power outages and. Of course, the flooding was an issue, but uh, and and the other issue was everything happened so so fast, didn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it was like you were sitting on the front porch. Oh, this isn't so bad. And pretty soon, you know, lawn furniture was flying by. And but I really did not see that many ma- mature trees. I got back, and I and, and my wife expected me to be gone longer because I'd be taking a lot of pictures of big trees down. I got back, and it was expecting or hoping. And <laughs> yeah, well, probably the latter. Yeah. But when I got back, I said, you know what? What is surprising to me is is why more trees weren't down. I really right. didn't. And and as you said, the ones that were was pretty predictable. You know, they were the ones that were sort of, you know, just sort of hanging on, uh, very weakened canopies. You know, uh, leaning over already. These are trees I knew about, and so it was one of those where, well, some that went down almost needed to come down, you know, it was cheaper to do right, that than it right. was to take them down. But, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, as you said, you know, these big mature trees, you know, one of my favorite spots, Dudley Woods, I talk about that. It's not a very big park at all. It's a, a part of Butler County, Ohio uh, park system, but there are some really big mature trees for our part of the country and none were down. I mean, I, I, I was expecting, uh, I will have to admit, you know, there was, 
There was an oak in there's an oak in that park, but I fully expected that one will be down. And there it stood, you know, kind of laughing at me. You know, you, sure. you gave up and I'm still standing. And of course, then they kind of chide you, you know, because they do live for a long time. You ever have a tree to say, okay, let's see which one lasts longer. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> Let's see who will yeah, be here Joe. in 75 years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Even one tree, we've talked about this before, that I declared was going to die, what, 20 years ago, still standing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing. My hardy rubber, yeah, yeah, my hardy rubber tree, though, I will tell you, that thing really behaved like a rubber tree. It was just bouncing all around. And and uh, when Gary said that, you know, one of his trees, the, the canopy was right down to the ground, yeah, that tree I was very worried about uh, because it's multi-stemmed. And, of course, you know, we do worry sometimes when you have these, you know, these stems down near the base that are not joined. Uh, and so it weakens the tree, but made it through, sailed through. How do you like that? Sailed I like right it. Through. I like it. Hey, it is. It's, it's amazing. Music. You're hearing the music already. <laughs> but you're like me, man. I, t- I got to get out and take a look. And it just reimburses a lot of things that we've talked about and learn more and you know and it's it's amazing what trees can do and what they can do sometimes ron you have a great week happy father's day weekend by the way happy father's day yeah that's right right. (laughs) all right talk to you next saturday thank you bye-bye buggy joe boggs thanks all our callers thanks our sponsors thanks our special guests thanks of course to danny gleason our producer because as you all will know without the durango kid this show just wouldn't happen so danny thank you so much for all you do now do yourself a favor still plenty of time to get out and plant a tree or two or three plant those native plants plant the pollinator plants perennials as well pamper your worms get the kids involved with gardening by all means make it the best weekend of your life see ya For the do-it-yourself gardener at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.